My message title is Divine Life. Okay. Now, obviously, it's a play on something. So, Abigail, I showed her last night, and she chuckled much better about about that title because you know that's not proper English. So, um, it is a play on firstly divine life, which is divine God, but it's also a play on what Jesus says in John 15 about abiding in the vine. Uh, it is the vine life, divine life, uh, living connected to the vine. And that's what Jesus says in John 15. And that was a major aspect of our theme this week was abide and align. When we abide, we align. And when we align, we abide. I was, I was even last week. Remember, I said I'm, I'm not sure which is more significant. They both just, they just knit so nicely together. So, divine life. What is divine life like? And I want to say up front, you know, divine life is not something just for you know the super spiritual people. Um, and most of us kind of just aspire to divine life. I, I'm passionate that, that. There's a spirituality that Jesus came and died for that's fully accessible to every single believer. And, and for us not to have kind of these different levels of, you know, we have kind of the super Christians who kind of walk on water and, you know, the, and then the rest of us just like just wish we could walk on water. I'm convinced we all meant to walk on water in certain times in our lives. When you see miracles and breakthroughs in your life and things just happen and favor and doors are opening, you're walking on water in your own space, in your own metron. I mean, I'm, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking, I mean, Shaden, hi Shaden, Shaden's at the back there. Beginning of this year, end of last year, we were really praying for Shaden. Shaden, I hope I can share this, this testimony. Um, he was in his workspace and he'd been in this particular uh, job for quite a while. And we were praying, Lord, open a way for him to get out of that workspace. And he was actually trusting God for another job. I spoke to him this week, I mean, during the, the prayer time. And he said, things have changed so much at work. Two of his senior managers above him have left the company and Shaden has been promoted in the same company up like two levels right where he is. You know, there we go. Yes, come on. And he's walking on water because now he's got to do stuff that he didn't know how to do, didn't know he think he could do. So anyway, pray for Shaden as he's walking on water. And Nicole's also applied for a new job. They're just doing some checks, but it's like 95% there. And she's also going to be walking into a new job. So we praise God for that. Amen. And I heard somebody else also had job breakthrough this week. I'm just trying to think. Um, maybe it's a lot of you. But we praise God for that. Amen. So there's a spiritual life. You know, it's like Josh was sharing in prayer this, week, uh, this morning. Um, you know, he, he couldn't make it. We were praying on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And he couldn't make the prayer times because of logistics, etc. And so when he came to band practice, he was kind of feeling a bit out of the loop, etc. He hasn't been in yet. But... The sense, Josh, Josh brought the worship sense and the songs, etc. And it was just such a beautiful selection of songs. Well done, Josh. And, and I was so struck by, you know, so often we think God wants perfect faith from us. You know, this life of faith, you need to have like, you know, huge faith, that, you know, impressive faith. It's, it's quite shocking that when Jesus was looking at comparison for the kind of faith he was looking for, that he chose the mustard seed. Because if you've seen the mustard seed, it's smaller than a pinhead. You know, I don't know, 
If, how many of you sew? My mom sews, my kid, my daughters sew, etc. Um, there we go. Helen sews. Okay, if you want to see, you know those pins with the colored heads that you use? A mustard seed is much smaller than that colored head on that pin. It is, it's not quite as small as the head, uh, as the sharp end of the pin, but it's kind of closer to that. It's minuscule. It's like Jesus, you're actually insulting me by saying that you want mustard seed faith. Because I actually think, you know, I'm quite a hot Christian. You know, I kind of have 10 pin bowling ball faith, you know. I, have, I can see my faith. I can feel, guys, can you see my faith? Okay. Um, I, I'm, I'm, like, I'm like quite a main dude with faith around here. Folks, Josh was saying this week, he was looking forward to engaging and being more spiritual this week. He couldn't be. He came with mustard seed faith to worship practice saying, guys, listen, this is what I sense. Is it beautiful? You know, God actually just looks for mustard seed faith. This is the key. A small amount of faith in a big God will make a much bigger difference than a lot of faith in something that's not our God. Amen? People are often impressed with, look at his faith. Yeah, but where is your faith? Is it a real authentic faith in a big God? Well, the multiplying factor is the big God. Amen? So anyway, I'm going down this route. It's got nothing to do with my slides. Cynthia's looking at my slides thinking, where on earth is the pastor right now? Don't worry, Cynthia. That was free, guys. We didn't charge for just what I shared for you, okay? Not that we ever charge for anything, but anyway. Okay, so we're talking about abiding in the vine from John 15. And my name is Jacques. So this, <laughs> there we go, okay. So, um, so I want to read these verses from John 15. Now, I want you to read, and then I want to pull out just two points. When we read these verses, I read these same verses in the leaders meeting yesterday afternoon. And I asked the leaders to look at one aspect. So leaders, you know the one aspect that's going to jump out. But there, when I read this, there are two words that jump out that are repeated a number of times. We're only reading from verse 4. Actually, um, one word's mentioned like three times before this. There are two words that jump out. It's like in Scripture, when something's repeated, usually it's advisable to take note because that's something the Lord is, by the Spirit of God, wanting to emphasize. So let's just read it. So it's not all the verses. It's, it's, it's verses 4 to 5, 7 to 8, and 16 for those of you on SoundCloud. Abide in me, Jesus said, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it'll be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Next slide. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide. So that whatever you ask my Father in my name, He may give it to you. So, I counted. There are two words that are repeated a number of times. And so, well, leaders, give us the first word that I got you to count yesterday. Fruit, okay? So the word fruit occurs just in these five verses five times. 
in the previous three verses actually occurs three times. But the other word, what's the other word that just repeats over and over and over? Abide. So I'm talking about, <laughs> okay, abiding, divine life. Abide occurs seven times in these five verses and fruit five times. And this is what I want to look at. What is abiding and what is fruit? And again, folks, if this is not something that every Christian can achieve, then I don't want to focus on it. Because I believe Jesus came for every one of us to live a life that we didn't know was possible because of what He does in us. Okay, so I hope you're coming on this journey with us. So there we go. Abide seven times fruit five times in these verses. But, so firstly, I want to just go and look at verse 4 of John 15 in the Passion Bible. And this is what it says. So you must remain in life union with me. Now I love how the Passion, what, what they're doing in the Passion, they're unpacking in different words the word abide. Abide can be translated remain or stay. You can say you, you abide in your address in Scottsville, wherever that is. But he's unpacking what does this mean when you say you abide, remain in life union with me. Remaining in life union with Jesus. You know, I read those words and like, I really want that. That's how I want to live. Okay, we're talking about divine life. Divine life is remaining connected to remain in life union with Jesus. Folks, I want this. And I want it for you. For I remain in life union with you. Now this is so significant. I remain in life union with you. Folks, we are focusing on us remaining connected with Him. But remember, Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit were absolutely, radically, crazily committed to making sure that there couldn't be nothing separating you from this life union with Him. I mean, dying on a cross is a crazy, radical, over-the-top, God, you've lost it, that's just way out too much. Dying on a cross is, is uh, would you agree? I mean, that's just radical, crazy commitment to you and me. Have you thought about it in that way? He's so committed to being with you. So our response, folks, how could our response match that crazy way out over the top commitment saying, I'll die that nothing can separate you because He paid the price for our sin. Sin separates us from God. And so, folks, when you remember, so many people get, oh, you know, don't tell me I can't do that or can't do that. You know, folks, but that's separating you from life union with God. And God did was radical about making a way for you to live in life union with Him. Why can't we be a bit more radical? I mean, people get, get, get upset with, you know, you being too radical for Jesus now. Folks, you haven't been radical. Jesus died on the cross for you. How can your radicalness compare His radicalness? I don't think anybody here has done something as radical to be, to be in one with God as what God did for us. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. Intimately joined to mine. Jane read these verses last week. You know, when she read those words, live your life intimately joined to mine, something jumped in my spirit. 
For me this week, if I had to summarize personally what this week was for me, I was pursuing living a life intimately joined to Jesus. And, that, and I want to minister out of that, just, just some of the things the Lord has been highlighting to me. You know, intimacy with God, I remember I was a, when I was second year university, I recommitted my heart to the Lord. I gave my heart to Jesus when I was 15 at high school. I was born again, but I was never discipled. I was never shown how to live the Christian life. I wasn't in fellowship. I went to a religious church. I did, I did con- um, confirmation classes. But there wasn't life in it. I didn't learn how to follow Jesus. I didn't have a relationship with Jesus. And so first year varsity, I got some... I, I, I nearly, you know, this is being recorded and going around the world. I got some friends that were really good sinners. <laughs> they, I'm not gonna say. They, they really enjoyed going down to the pit. The pit was the name of the pub. Etc. And you know, when your friends are going there, you know, I mean, how can you not go with your friends, you know? Especially when you're not living in life union with Jesus and etc. And, and yeah, I went off the rails. I mean, I've told some of you my story and some of you are shocked uh, at my story. I'm quite shocked at my story. <laughs> quite honestly. I'm shocked at the things I did. I'm glad that, you know, there are parts of my life when you get to heaven, you look at the story of my life, it's going to be red, thanks to the blood of Jesus. Okay, my first year boss, you be quite a lot of red over there. Except there were some exams I studied hard for. Hopefully you'll be able to see that part, okay? I passed my first year university. All my subjects, okay? Don't ask me what I got, but I passed, okay? <laughs> 50 is a pass. 51 is way past the pass mark, okay? No, 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 that's just my first year varsity. Okay, kids, you must edit this from my kids. My son's not even year that I think 51 is way over okay we're trying to get him to see that getting more marks for an exam is actually a good thing okay so I don't know how we got there where are we okay <laughs> live your life intimately joined to mine oh, this is where I was going I recommitted my heart second year varsity and I got involved with uh, his people church that just started on campus 1988 folks that is the year things were happening. And somebody gave me a tape, okay? Now, I know you guys don't know what a tape is, okay? It's, it's kind of like a podcast, but it's a big square thing like this. And you have a machine, you've got to put it in. And it's only got one message on, okay? Uh, it's, it's probably bigger. Yeah, it's the size of your phone. And all it has is one message on. And you guys think, oh, one message on such a big thing? Yes, that's how we did it those days. We're very advanced. Okay, just portable. That's quite amazing. Okay, listen to a tape. I remember this tape somebody gave me, and it was in the tape was entitled Intimacy with God. And I listened to this message over and over and over again. I was like, you know, I had never in my religious Christian journey experience up to that point 18, I was 19, I had never known that you could know God like that. And I I was listed, I was captivated by the speaker. I don't even know who he was. I'd never heard of him. Somebody gave me it. I was kept, I was listening to his story, and it was like, this guy really knows God. I'd never met somebody who sounded like they really knew God in a in an intimate, in a real way, in a personal way. I listened to it over and over. And it wasn't even that I I didn't even think I could have a relationship like that. I was captivated by the fact that this guy, whoever the speaker was, had such a down-to-earth, such a real, such an intimate 
He walked with God like every day. And I remember being captivated by the concept of intimacy with God. But I never aspired to it as I could actually walk like that. And, and I, don't know, I don't know why I didn't. I, was, I just loved hearing somebody talk about his relationship with God in such an enduring, such a like, like God was really his father, and he really knew God as his father, and he talked to God like his father. I was like, sure, this is amazing. Now, I, I look at that, and I'm like, I can't remember how he ministered, but I didn't make the connection between his relationship with God and my relationship with God, and I didn't connect that it was possible for me. And this morning, I was preparing, I was saying, God, I don't want to get up there and tell stories about my encounters with him and stuff with God that makes you think, sure, he's got a great relationship with God, and, and this is the, this word, and you live vicariously through my stories. You know, vicariously is when, when you live through somebody else's life. When you watch a soapy and your hero or heroine is whatever with whoever, whatever, and you are so in there and you are just hoping she will kiss him because, you know, you'd really like to kiss him yourself. And when she does, you know, it feels like you kissing him. You are living vicariously through your heroine in the story, okay? It's not your life. You're not really kissing him. Did, did you know that? Some of you are, oh my goodness, I didn't really kiss him. It felt like I kissed him. Okay, it was so real. You are living vicariously through somebody else. And this is often the problem in the church that we create and we, 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 we elevate a spirituality that is impressive but unattainable for so many believers. And I'm, I'm, this morning I was like, God, I don't, want to, I don't want to portray a spirituality that is unattainable. When I heard Josh's story this morning that he said he so wanted to come and he couldn't, but he came to worship and worship practice was actually his highlight of the week. And he brought what he had and it was amazing. Amen. And Josh was like, I only had mustard seed faith. I didn't have, you know, whatever, you know, you know those big exercise ball faith, you know. I wanted one of those big exercise ball faith, but I only had mustard seed faith. And God says, I love that. I love that. I'll use it. It's beautiful. Amen. And so this phrase, relational intimacy with God, folks, in one sense I want to provoke you, but I don't want to provoke you to the point of saying it's not available for me. But somehow, you know, this is maybe, you know, Josh is in the band. Okay, I can I'm not in the band. I'm just I, just, I just come to church. Folks, this is attainable for you. Did a mini-series a couple of years ago. I've actually done it twice on living connected to God and I probably think that this is, you know, I often hear people saying there's a life message and I often ask people what's a life, this is probably a life message of mine if I look at how often I come back to this theme. And in that series we actually unpack this, living connected to God. And I put, I don't, I don't even count how many there are, I don't know, somebody will count them for us and in about a minute tell us how many items I've got there. But there are a number of ways that we can live 24-7 connected to God. And I've just put them on that screen. And I want to say the order doesn't matter except number one. The first thing I put there is by faith. One of those are accessed by faith. And what kind of faith? Mustard seed faith. And you know the other thing about mustard seed faith is God gives it to us. Every one of those are accessible to you. There, I, I, I'm not going to, I'm not planning to. This was an afterthought unpack those and you know what I better read it because SoundCloud guys are going to think what is the pastor talking about okay ways we can live connected to God by faith by prayer either with the understanding or or the spirit or tongues we can live a 
consecrated or surrendered life. Folks, living consecrated is such a, is such a way of living connected to God. Experiencing His manifest presence by calling or purpose. There have been times in my life I've been captivated by a sense of calling and purpose. Devoted or worshipful. There are times that you just feel like worship just gushing out of you. That, that's, just, that's just how you're responding. You're just worshiping. You're just devoted to God. By vision or seeing, there's sometimes you just see so clearly a path ahead of you and it's just God. And you're living connected by God. In that moment, that is the God zone He wants you to be in. Supernatural encounter and processing. There's so many ways we can supernaturally encounter God. But then what happens afterwards? Do you process it? Do you get all the goodness out of that supernatural encounter? Listening to God or hearing God. There are times that I hear clearly. There are times that I don't. There are times other aspects of how I'm living connected to God. Thankfulness or praise. Oh, this is... This is one of those warfare ones that, that, that when, when, when kind of like all hell is breaking loose, loose, just give thanks and just praise God. Knowing God's will, sometimes it's such a just like, wow, I know I'm where I'm meant to be. By convictions, you're convinced about something, biblical convictions, by the word. At times, God's word is just burning like fire, like Jeremiah said, like fire in my bones. In obedience, at times you just so know, this is the path I need to take. And it's just, there's such a sense that this is God speaking to you. In silence and solitude, a major way that we can know God. Through soaking, waiting on God in a, in a worshipful environment. Through sensing or feeling His presence, which is similar to experiencing His manifest presence. ETC! Exclamation mark. This list is not complete. You can add to it. There are so many ways that we can live. And you can go through season in your life, and a season can be days, weeks, or months, or years, where just one dimension of living connected to God, abiding in the vine, divine life, is just this is you and I, and I know what it's like also when you're in that zone and it's so sweet and this is like wow it's amazing you want everybody to experience God that way and so often I, I want to say so often as pastors we can we can kind of overemphasize one aspect because it's so real for us and you want everybody and this is what we like we want everybody to experience good stuff that we are we are we are going through or, or, or have, have come to know so so I mean so I've I've sometimes been guilty of that. Don't let that undermine your way of living connected to God. Amen. Some of these, I know some of those things for some of you, it's like, whoa, I don't know what he's talking about. I didn't know that was possible. Folks, there is more. There is more. Amen. This is just for some notes I talk about intimacy with God. And you know, folks, these notes, they apply to that little list that I put up previously this applies to every one of those dimensions of living connected to God. Relationship with God is the substance of Christianity. It is the foundation of all spirituality. It is the purpose for Jesus' sacrifice, the culmination of the gospel, the bedrock of our lives as Christians. Because those are big statements there. God is wanting you to live Connected to the vine. He's the vine. Next paragraph. Everything we do, think, experience, 
and believe is rooted in the quality of our relationship with God. The quality of our relationship with God. You know, recently I was listening to somebody talking about quality of life. And they were talking about quality of life in the context of somebody who was terminally ill. And if you're a medical person, you know the very difficult uh, decision you sometimes need to make in the medical field, especially when somebody's terminally ill, is are we going after quantity of life or quality of life? Because some medical treatments are very invasive and there's a chance it could give you longer life, quantity of life, but it can certainly undermine your quality of life. And there's that decision that medical people together with the patient needs to make. Are we going after quantity of life or quality of life? But I want to submit to you, there's a, there's a greater dimension. And there's quality of relationship with God. You know, people often judge life in terms of quality or quantity. I want to say, there's a, there's a, as a Christian, there's, a, there, there's another dimension. And that is, what's the quality of your relationship with God? You know, that's a, that's a profound question. And it can change. You know, you, you're wanting to get back for prayer and you only get back at 9 o'clock because the traffic was hectic on the highway. You know, you ask Josh in that moment, how's your quality of relationship with God? And he's like, it's one right now, please don't ask the question, you know. But if he got here to prayer and, you know, he's just had an amazing time in the presence of God, he's like, oh, it's nine. <laughs> so I want to say, sometimes in a day it can vary. But, but folks, God is wanting us to have a rich quality of relationship with him. Oh, is the slides what's happening now? Knowing what kind of relationship God is looking for with us and knowing what God is really like are essential to relational intimacy with God. Knowing what kind of relationship God is looking for. And, and, and I put that there because, folks, sometimes we have this paradigm of the super spiritual, you know, kind of one foot in heaven, one foot on earth relationship with God where He's like in your workplace on Friday afternoon, 3 o'clock, when you've got a deadline by 5 and it's crazy and you don't know if you're going to meet the deadline. But deep inside there's an inexplainable peace and you say, I'm living a supernatural life right now. I have a peace that I can't explain. I'm living connected to my God. I'm trusting God that we're going to meet this deadline in two hours time. And you are living to connect to God just as much as in the middle of amazing worship song at church. Amen. So how many of you guys remember Enoch? So Enoch was one of two people in the Bible who went straight from earth straight into heaven. Did not pass, begin, did not collect 200 rand, did not go, did not die, did not uh, have a funeral, did not have a memorial service. They went straight to heaven. And folks, the thing about Enoch is that the Bible says surprisingly little about Enoch. <laughs> it's like, if this dude lived such an amazing life that, that you just took him to heaven, surely God, you could say more about him. And folks, I, I was actually, you know what, I'm actually encouraged by the fact that God says so little about Enoch. Because sometimes some of us are like, sure Lord, <laughs> 
You know, I know they'll say nice things about me at my funeral. People always do say nice things about me at funeral. But, you know, I don't need... <laughs> people do. Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not playing to go anywhere. Sorry, guys. I'm not playing to go anywhere. No, no. About you, though. We'll say nice things about you at your funeral, okay? <laughs> Promise. Okay. Well, hopefully you say something nice about me at my funeral. <laughs> yeah. I'm resurrected, my wife says. <laughs> Golly. Yeah. So, so, I have no idea where I was going with that point. Okay. So, <laughs> crash and burn. Okay. Google just edit that part out of the video, please. <laughs> okay. But, well, let's just read what Enoch says. There are three verses in Genesis 5 about this dude. And one of the verses says, he was no more. Okay, this is what it says. Genesis 5, 24. Enoch, okay, this is the Amplified Bible. So, I'm using the Amplified because I'm trying to find more words about him. Because it's like ridiculous little about this dude who just went to heaven. Okay, Enoch walked in habitual fellowship with God after the birth of Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters. Just wait, he's for the, for the first verse. I mean, firstly, the first thing it says about him is he walked with God. Most of your normal translation just says he walked with God. Huh? Is that all he did? Walked with God? Yes, he walked with God. Folks, that is, that's the normal Christian life. You walk with God. It's 3 o'clock on Friday afternoon. You've got a crazy deadline by, by 5. And, and, and you, know, you don't know if you're going to make it, but you're trusting him. You're walking with God. You're saying, God, we're going to figure this out. I'm going to get that piece of the report and I'm going to get that information and that person is going to get back to me and we're going to get this thing together and we're going to get this, 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 this info out by five. Amen? Walking with God. Walking with God is normal Christianity, folks. But it says, Enoch walked, and the Amplified puts it, just wait, Cynthia, just wait, in habitual fellowship. I love that. Now that's the Amplified putting in, unpacking what... This walking with God means. Habitual means it's a habit. Okay? It's like, this is what I always do. A habit is something you always do. You're not even thinking about it. It's 3 o'clock on Friday and you're trusting God not because you got a crazy deadline. Because I always trust God. This is how I roll. I, whether i got a crazy deadline or it's just a normal, you know, little thing i got to do at work. I'm always trusting God. This isn't a big deal. This isn't not like supernatural Christianity. I'm a Christian. I trust God. I'm walking with God. Amen? But habitual, so it's a habit. Fellowship. Fellowship speaks about close relationship. It's a habit. This dude has a habit of having a close relationship with God. This is normal. This is how we roll. This is, this is how we do things around here. We're Christians. Amen. And it says, and then after, uh, so some translations actually unpack it. He died at 365. Put the next verse up, uh, Cynthia. So, so all the days of Enoch were 365. So this is chapter 5. And in chapter 5, um, uh, Moses is listing the genealogy of Adam. So he's the seventh generation down. Now those dudes lived seriously long lives. And one of the reasons uh, given that, that makes sense to me is, you know, Adam was the first per person to sin. He wasn't conceived in sin. He sinned. And as the effects of sin on succeeding generations took its toll, our lifespan is actually reduced substantially because we live in a fallen world. Okay, that's one of the theories that makes sense for me. If it doesn't for you, that's fine. Okay, Bible says 
His son was born at about when he was 65 and he lived another 300 years with Methuselah, who in the Bible is the guy who lived the most. Something like 930 years. It's just crazy. But anyway, and Enoch walked again. Twice it says he walked with God. And the Amplified says in habitual fellowship with God. And then the Bible says, this is just Bible talk. He was not for God took him. <laughs> he was not for God took him. That means he was just walking along and one day, you know, he was like, I'm not walking on earth. I'm walking in heaven. Oh, hi God. Oh, we're here now. Okay, that's fine. We'll carry on, yeah? <laughs> huh? God took him home with him. He was not for God took him home with him. So the other person is Elijah, remember, who was taken up on a chariot of fire. This walking with God, what I love about this, he was not for God took him home. Folks, there's a life. You remember Jesus said, John 17 verse 3, this is eternal life that you may know me. We, folks, this walking in habitual fellowship with God is kind of what heaven's going to be like because this dude just walked kind of from the one zone into the other zone. It's like, okay, we don't have to do this funeral memorial service thing. You know, we're close enough. Just come. It's, it's, it's actually mind-blowing. But now, how did he do this? We kind of think, wow, you know, uh, he's super spiritual. Folks, what did he do with his life? All we know is he produced offspring, okay? It says there uh, he had one son, uh, Methuselah, and had other sons and daughters. He, he bred children, okay? <laughs> and some of you are saying, well, I can do that, okay? I've done that, okay? <laughs> um, he produced children. And, and I love this. I love the fact that the Bible actually doesn't say that, you know, he walked on water you know, and he, whatever, turned water into wine, and he, he, he was just a father. He was a father. And, but yet he walked with God. And Jenny said, and it's true, there's no indication that when the kids came along, he stopped walking with God. And let me tell you, when kids come along, it's hard to carry on walking with God like you did before, because kids are just like 24-7 demanding. I mean, little babies want to drink like every two and a half hours. You know how that messes with my sleep pattern and my quiet time and my walk with God. It does. It wrecks your godly routines. It's like, how do I maintain walking with God story, you know? He just walked with God from before he had kids, through he had kids, he walked with God. Normal Christian life. Amen? And maybe some of us won't have memorial services, okay? It's not the end of the world, okay? It's not the end of the world. But look what Hebrews says. Hebrews says this about him. Gives commentary. Hebrews 5, the, he the heroes of faith, okay? And it says this about this dude. Also, it's the passion. Faith lifted Enoch from this life, and he was taken up into heaven. Other translations, by faith, okay? Enoch was taken up into heaven. Folks, it's the same kind of faith that Josh came here on Friday evening and said, Guys, I believe this is the worship sense. These are the songs that I believe that the Lord's given me for us to sing. That same faith was the same mustard seed faith that he had. This is not unattainable. It's the same faith you have at 3 o'clock on Friday afternoon when you've got a crazy deadline and you're just trusting God and you can't figure out how the heck you're going to make the deadline by 5 o'clock, but you're trusting God. It's the same faith. He never had to experience death. He just disappeared from this world because God promoted him. 
I like that description of going to heaven. Okay? God promoted me. Okay? We're having a memorial service for whoever God's promoted him. Okay? I like that description of going to heaven. For, be, for before he was translated to the heavenly realm, his life had become a pleasure to God. His life had become a pleasure to God. What is this pleasure? What did it do? I mean, he just produced kids. You know, I, I mean, God wants us to be fruitful, I know. But is that what, 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 what it was? Well, verse 6 says, And without faith, living within us, it would be impossible to please God. Without faith living within us, it would be impossible to please God. Folks, Enoch walked with God, was taken to heaven, because he had faith in God. Because he had faith in God. This divine life is a life of faith. It opens up amazing possibilities of living connected to God. But it is not out of reach of every single person who surrendered their life to Jesus. Absolutely, if you haven't surrendered your life to Jesus, if you're not born again, if you have not wholly devoted your life to Jesus, I cannot tell you that this is achievable to you. This, unfortunately, what I'm talking about now is water on a duck's back. You, you, you may not even know what I'm talking about. Living connected with God starts with being born again and then living by faith. And it's the same faith that you put, you use to put your, surrender your life to Jesus. It's that same way, that same faith that you live the rest of your life. And we walk with God in habitual fellowship with Him. Living in intimacy with God is achievable for every single believer. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit our website at www.hispeoplepmb.co.za And for more of our messages, visit our YouTube and SoundCloud channels, as well as other podcast platforms. If you would like to contact us, please email us at hispeoplepmb at gmail.com or send a message to 061-452-0877. We hope to see you soon. God bless you.